Welcome to Life Tips, the show that offers expert tips and savvy advice to make life easier and more fun on the web and around the world. Life Tips President Byron White talks to the latest trendsetters about strategies to grow your business. Now, please welcome this week's Life Tips host, Byron White. Welcome, everyone, to today's show on Life Tips. I'm here with Daniel Burris, a fabulous guest we have on to talk with us a little bit about green technology, if, if probably a few topics we'll, we'll discover. Um, let me tell you a brief background about Daniel. Daniel is a, an author of six books, one of which has been translated into over a dozen languages. He's uh, been recently referred to in the New York Times as one of the top three gurus uh, in, in the United States. And uh, Daniel, welcome. Yeah, my pleasure to be with you. Matter of fact, one of those six books was called Environmental Solutions, so I've actually had a book on this subject. Perfect. Well, we're we're excited about learning a little bit about what what your thoughts are on on, on the green revolution that we're in right now. Tell us a little bit about um, about that book and or one of your other more famous books, Techno Trends. Tell us a little bit about your vantage point and what you see happening in the in the green world out there. Well, to give you about 30 seconds so that uh, the listeners can understand where I'm coming from, I run a research company, and we research global innovations in all areas of technology, lasers, robots, genetics, fiber optics, artificial intelligence, expert systems, nano. So because we're looking at everything, we get a very wide view, and again, we're looking at it globally. And uh, obviously, I publish newsletters and books and uh, speak about these things. So I think the biggest question we have on our mind right away is, uh, is this something that is a fad? Is green going to be here today and gone tomorrow? Because those of us that have been around for a while might remember that about 15 years ago, there was a big movement uh, towards what we would call today green. We just didn't use that terminology. And as a matter of fact, if you went back even a decade earlier than that, we had Earth Day and a whole bunch of focus on the environment. And it seemed that the subject of the environment comes and goes. Uh, in some cases, uh, depending on the, uh, the politics and the political uh, power structures that we have, and in other cases, uh, you know, various factors that are that are going on. So the question is: Is this something that is a uh, a cyclical change, meaning it's a fad, or is it really something that's the beginning of a long, long trend of awareness and action? And my take on that is. This is the beginning of a shift, a long change of action because something's happened that hasn't happened before on the planet. And that is, um, in the past, the planet could sustain one highly consuming, highly polluting, polluting uh, nation. And that was, of course, the United States. The planet is going to have trouble with three of those because we just are adding China and India to it. And China's ability to consume dwarfs our past uh, ability to consume. The planet has a lot of problem with that. I think uh, some of you might have read articles uh, about how they, in China, for example, they're building a coal-fired power plant with no pollution controls on it every six days. So every six days there's a new coal plant being built in China right now. And I could go through a lot of other statistics. Well, that is going to create some changes that are beyond a fad because you, it, it's, it, these are what I would call permanent changes versus cyclical. It's setting a ball into motion, um, and whether it's not a matter of liking Al Gore or not or whether you like his politics or not, what he did is he helped to bring the problems to the forefront. 
and uh, that we need to do something. We need to do something now. So first of all, this is not just a fad. It is something really profound. And we're in early stages of trying to uh, figure out how to deal with it. But again, China and India aren't going to go back to riding bicycles and uh, say, you know, we don't want refrigerators. They are moving forward. I'm on the bandwagon, by the way, so uh, so you're, you're talking to the right audience here that I think is is hooked in. But um, my question is, you know, is technology the answers to some of the problems we're really having right now? Well, that's a really good question because technology is only part of the answer, um, meaning that um, technology is not good or evil. Uh, I can take uh, technology and use it to give you cancer or cure your cancer. Uh, in other words. We can't blame the technology. It's really us. Um, we have the technology to, in reality, uh, feed the people that are starving on the planet. But do we have the human will to do it? Um, so we have a lot of capabilities technically. The problem usually isn't so much technical. It's more political and it's more, uh, uh, you know, driven by other factors, including egos and everything else. So I think that um, from a technical standpoint, we have some amazing technologies right now that are giving us the ability to do things that used to be impossible. And uh, the advances that are taking place on solar, I mean, there's, there is now even a paint that you can paint on a wall and it will collect energy and turn it into electricity. Uh, there are new types of smart blades for windmills that uh, increase its efficiency tremendously. So instead of the entire blade shifting, you get little different parts of the blade shifting in real time based on where the blade is against the wind, which brings its efficiency up. So you have solar taking amazing advances. You have wind. You have uh, all these all these others. Um, and then even if you go to coal, I remember in my uh, book, Environmental Solutions, which actually I wrote, uh, well, that book is probably over 15 years old right now, uh, I talked about the coal bug one which is a bacteria that can eat the sulfur out of the coal. And then you burn the bug in the coal, and there you go. You don't have the sulfur. Well, the, that, that's been around for a while. The key is, are people using it? So the real question is, are we motivated to do something, or is it off our radar? And it's not so much a technical problem. It's more an awareness problem. And then the second little aspect is, are we going to keep it in our bullseye, or are we just going to talk green for a couple of years, get bored, and go back to doing what we were doing? Well, let's hope for the latter, but tell us a little bit about what, what innovations um, that, you're, that really most excite you about some of the products and services that, that we have that we should be looking into if we're a consumer in the United States at this point. Well, I think, um, uh, first of all, it's um, the whole idea of what is green uh, is a very interesting thing because uh, let's just take what is organic and you're buying food that's organic or what is natural because you've seen natural ingredients. Well, what is natural? Well, standards have to be set to define what is organic, what is natural, what does pure mean, if you say pure water, uh, does that mean that there are no dissolved minerals or is it distilled? I mean, what does pure mean? So we're, we have right now no real U.S. or international standards defining what is green and what are the best practices of it. Now, I believe that those things will happen, but until we get those standards, a lot of people are going to be saying they're green to jump on the bandwagon. It doesn't mean necessarily that they really are green, and a lot of people that want to sell their technology might call it green technology, but it's a very big stretch 
So part of what we have to do in this early phase of this trend is really do a little more looking and seeing this to see is this really green or is it someone just saying it's green? That is until we get some good uh, uh, definitions to it. Second part of the answer though is I'm very excited about what technology can do for us. Uh, I ran into a uh, company, it's a very small startup at this point, but let me just give you something that I'm very excited about. Um, they're doing some work on something called uh, fusion. Now fission is how all of the nuclear power plants work on the planet today. And the problem with fission is you've got a lot of radioactive byproducts that last for uh, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And of course we're still debating where to put all that stuff. So fission is how all the nuclear power plants work today. The holy grail of nuclear power has always been fusion, but it's been, and that's by the way how our sun works, and there is no contaminated particles that come from uh, fusion process. Um, so it's kind of like, wow, if we could do fusion, it would change the world. And we have experiments that we've been doing over the, for decades, and we keep making bigger and bigger fusion reactors trying to get fusion to really work. The problem has been uh, it's inefficient, and we're putting more energy in than we're getting out. Well, there's a, there's a uh, small startup <clears throat> that uh, I have uh, been aware of, and actually they have shown their patents and technology to some of the fu top fusion people in the world and said that uh, there's a potential for a Nobel Prize here because this is breakthrough. And what they're doing is nanofusion. In other words, instead of making something that is this gigantic, huge, big reactor that costs literally billions and billions of dollars, and in some cases uh, goes underground under countries, not just counties, because it has to be so big, um, they're going to the nanoscale using nanolasers and nanocontainment and uh, it looks like they may have come up with a fantastic solution to that. The beauty of that is that if we can do nanofusion, we now have something that could work for your house so that you could have a little nanofusion reactor, it's a little bitty thing, and it provides all your power, and that's it. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about radioactive byproducts. You don't have to have cooling systems and all of those things. So there are exciting really exciting technologies. I just gave you an example of one that are just starting to emerge. The smart blade that I mentioned to you for windmills. Uh, currently, a windmill blade does move, but it moves at the center of the windmill going out. In other words, each blade can be rotated to, uh, to feather it. For example, in a high wind, sometimes you might have seen a windmill that isn't even turning. That's because the blade has been feathered. Just like in a sailboat, you could feather your sail and not go anywhere, but you pull the sail in and all of a sudden you go forward. Well, what uh, the Smart Blade, which is another startup company that's come up with, is a way to get the, uh, the blade to change its shape all along the entire blade in real time. In other words, it's an intelligent blade. Now, I won't go into how they do it, but the efficiency gains of that is amazing. And then secondly, you don't have to just use it on a windmill. You can use it as a uh, rudder for a ship. And I happen to find out that over 25% of the drag of a gigantic ship out at sea comes from that big rudder out and back. Well, what if it was an intelligent rudder? Well, that changes the drag, which changes the amount of fuel that's used, which changes the amount of pollution that's out there. You see, there, the point I'm making in those two examples is we have a lot going on. And one other one I want to mention to you, Brian, that are um, 
that I'm very ex- uh, excited about, and that is uh, IBM has just recently launched what it's called its Eco Patent Commons program. And what that is really interesting because normally companies get a patent and they protect and defend it. And for the first time, what IBM is saying is, you know, the planet and, and the issues are so big, here's what we're going to do. We're going to open our patents up and let anybody use them that wants to. And as a matter of fact, we're going to share knowledge about those patents so that people all over the world can use and benefit from them. So IBM has started to put uh, uh, some patents already on there. One of them is involving electronic manufacturing and how to make it uh, more uh, environmental-friendly packaging using a patent they have. Nokia stepped up. Sony stepped up. Pitney Bowes stepped up. They're all starting to donate their patents for anyone on the planet to use, any country, including China, India, anyone else, to try to, uh, to get people on the bandwagon and not be limited by intellectual property. I think that's a big thing <clears throat> because that, that was a logjam that has now been broken free. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back with some more discussions on green living and technology to make, make the world and our lives a better place. Life Tips on webmasterradio.fm. We'll be back with more cool tips and advice right after these commercial messages. Are your domains working hard enough for you? Now, park your portfolio at RevenueDirect.com to maximize your earnings on traffic. With RevenueDirect's proven domain monetization service, you'll experience better payouts, more options, and smart optimization. Sign up free now at RevenueDirect.com. It's that easy. RevenueDirect. Make more money. Period. WebmasterRadio.fm is now on Facebook, MySpace, and Twitter. Get out your spray paint and put your graffiti on our wall. Get all the details on the WebmasterRadio.fm homepage. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan from the Daily Searchcast. You know, we love bringing you the news every day, and that's made possible by the sponsorship of BruceClay.com. They've just made Inc. Magazine's list of the fastest-growing private businesses. They've exhibited and sponsored at my conferences from the very beginning. Bruce has got that long-standing search engine relationship chart, had been out there with the code of ethics, been a search engine expert in the field for ages. But did you know that Bruce Clay can do more than help you with just SEO? They can do PPC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding. Everything you need for success in the online marketplace, you can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years, offices worldwide, they've got answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Bruce Clay Incorporated. Dude, fishing in Costa Rica is going to be awesome. Amen, bro. Now that Value Click Media had netted FastClick, we've got one of the largest online advertising networks fishing us for big bucks. You know, while we're out catching snapper. Hey, Steve, you're coming too, right? No, I'm still using BenAsRUs.com. I can't afford to be away. you got to work with Value Click Media. I've got this great account manager who's easy to work with, and they have access to the best advertisers and earn me high rates. Don't worry. We'll bring back pictures. Yeah, terrific. Visit Value Click Media now and click on Solutions for Publishers for more Details. Value Click Media. Welcome to the Daily Search Cast. Do you have a Windows mobile phone yet? Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if the Google people stopped making applications for iPhones and started making them for Windows mobile phones? Oh my god. I 
go to Matt's blog right now. He's saying, oh, does anybody have any suggestions for the Gmail people? And I'm like, I have a suggestion. Maybe you could stop your little love affair with Apple long enough to stop developing stuff for the iPhone, which has fewer people using it than Windows Mobile, and write a decent Gmail app for the phone. Maybe you could do that. That would be nice. The Daily Search Cast. Live broadcast Monday through Thursdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. We're on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Watch out for the vampires. Enter the communications coven that is WebmasterRadio.fm. Now on Facebook, MySpace, and Twitter. Visit the WebmasterRadio.fm homepage for all the details. And now back to Life Tips, the show that offers expert tips and savvy advice to make life easier and more fun. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, here's your host. Welcome back, everyone. We're, we're having a fascinating discussion on how we can uh, really try to take our knowledge base to the next level with, with Daniel Burris. Thanks again for being here, Daniel. Uh, it's my pleasure. A um, couple questions for you. One is just, you know, in, in your in your eyes, is there a green living way of life? Actually, I think there is. Um, you can take a look at your uh, at at how, for example, one thing that would be huge is just take a look at the lights that you have in your house. Uh, have you changed them over to the no uh, to the new uh, low ener- energy consumption lights? If everyone in this country did that, or half of us even. Uh, it would have a profound impact on the number of uh, hydrocarbons that we put out in the air every year because of uh, uh, of the uh, extra energy that it takes to heat those old lights that you have. So one of the things you could do is take your 25-watt uh, bulbs, your 60-watt bulbs, those bulbs, and just realize, even though they haven't burned out yet, they're causing so much industrial pollution because they're draining so much more energy, so much more coal has to be burned to keep those things going. Just unplug them and put in the good ones. If we all just did that, it would be amazing. But that's only one thing. We might take a look at our car. For example, I recently purchased a hybrid uh, myself. Now, on the, in the highway, uh, instead of getting, matter of fact, it's a hybrid SUV, uh, so now I got an SUV that gets uh, 35 to 40 miles to the gallon in the city, and I'm getting uh, about uh, 28 to 30 on the highway. Well, hey, not bad. And the next one will even do better. So I probably spent a little bit more to get that, but I decided, you know, I want to make a difference. I want to do something. Maybe it is carpooling. Maybe you say, I can't afford a new car. I can't afford one of these hybrids. Well, then maybe we try to go with somebody else. Maybe we try to just do a little little bit more. All of these little things really add up. Then we may want to take a look at the uh, the products that we're buying and ask ourselves, for example, Hewlett-Packard uh, is now using recycled plastic for all of its toner cartridges. Uh, now, you might think that little cartridge isn't very much, but if you can think of all of the printers that all of us have in our homes and our businesses and how many cartridges we go through and throw away, uh, creates a huge amount of plastic waste. And um, and that's another part of the effort is what if we're we're buying from companies, in this case like HP, that steps up and says we're only using recycled plastic. And by the way, let me take you to another breakthrough here. This is something else that I want everyone listening to get excited about. There is a third biotech revolution that is really just now starting that is really good for going green. The first one was uh, um, uh, medical or animal biotech. 
the second one uh, was, and that's of course genetics and so on. Another one was plants, agricultural. Uh, I think most of us know that over 80% of the corn is genetically altered that we grow in this uh, country, not to mention a lot of other crops. The third biotech revolution is industrial biotech, and it's all based on biodegradable plastics, being able to create plastics that uh, don't pollute like the ones that we have in the manufacturing process and can biodegrade when you throw them away. So uh, one of the things that we want to keep our eye on is, for example, bottled water. If we're buying uh, bottled water, are we getting a bottle uh, that has uh, plastic that is recyclable, first of all? Secondly, is it maybe reused? In other words, it's, been, uh, it's a bottle that's been cleaned and remade from old bottles. Is it thinner plastic or thicker plastic? We need to raise our awareness all the way from our driving habits, how many people we're driving, to the types of light bulbs we're using, uh, to whether we're leaving the heat on when we leave during the day and nobody's home. Maybe we should just turn that heat down. We all know that, but do we do it? Every little thing we do makes a big difference because... The power of we, in other words, you doing it, I doing it, all of our listeners doing it, you know what? It actually does make a difference. It seems to me that education is, is, is a primary ingredient for, for motivating people to, to make change. What are some, some websites that, that, that you recommend people go and, and start digging around and researching that, that offer information about technology changes, advancements in, 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 in science and or any aspect of, of green living. Do you have any favorites? Do you have any you recommend? Maybe even your Yeah, own? well, first of all, if, uh, one thing that you could do, and I, I created a portal a number of years ago, and I get uh, huge traffic to it, and uh, you, know, it's, you don't have to buy anything. It's all just a portal for you to go get information. And it was, it's the name of one of my books, technotrends.com. So technotrends e-c-h-n-o-t-r-e-n-d-s.com, um, it's a portal to all sorts of technology innovation websites, hundreds and hundreds of sites, and you can pick the issue, whether it's environmental or some other technology that you're interested in tracking. As a matter of fact, they've even got a section for kids in there. So that is kind of like a portal of portals you can go to find all sorts of different uh, um, you know, information sources. Um, I think uh, there's also, uh, uh, thank goodness, we have uh, search like on Google. And by the way, Yahoo and Microsoft also have search engines. But uh, as we know, most of us use Google. If we go to Google, um, you can type in a, uh, uh, you know, a, a subject like uh, green or going green or ask a question, how do I go green? And you can get uh, some great responses. And one other one I'd like uh, to just bring out ask.com. A lot of people overlook good old ask, but if you go to ask.com, you can actually type in a question and then get some really good answers in your search results. So that's a way you can really just go right to the search engine and let them work for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there any other words of wisdom, um, doses of encouragement uh, that you might have for people digging around in this in this space and, and trying to change their lives, trying to better their lives. What have been the motivators that you've seen people in, in your day, and, and even what are motivators for for buying more products that are that are green related products? Well, see, I think um, 
we want we want business to change how they behave because business is where a lot of the pollution is out there. But as I said a few minutes ago, we got to change our own behavior too. Why? Our kids are watching us. Our kids and our neighbors' kids are watching us, and they look up to us and they learn from us. So if we decide to not just make this a fad, but a way of uh, make it a family conversation of how can we go green and get the kids involved and have them talking to us about it. And then maybe we even get, uh, you know, kids talking to kids and parents talking to parents, asking, you know, hey, have you, uh, have you changed your light bulbs lately? Or uh, how about let's go to the store together? Or, you know, see what I mean? It becomes a, a conversation and it becomes a lifestyle because we have to make sure that the kids, they, they observe what we do as parents. They keep an eye on us. So let's make sure that we're living true to it and we're even bringing it up in conversation of, you know, this family is going to be a green family. And, you know, if you phraseology, if you use that kind of phrase, maybe the kids will say, you know, our family's going green as yours to their buddy. And their buddy will ask their dad. And their dad will say, I don't know what a green family is. And they'll say, well, Jimmy's family's going green. Why don't you ask Jimmy's dad? And all of a sudden, it starts spreading. Um, so, you know, that's so that's one. Secondly, uh, we want to encourage companies to go green. And if they're losing money going green, they're not going to go green. Uh, I think what we have to do is make sure that we're being aware of the companies that are putting up products that are going green and trying to do some things. For example, um, we've got Target and other retailers are reducing toxic materials from their products and their packaging. Uh, consumer firms like Dell are recycling trashed uh, computers now. Citibank and uh, Bank of America and other, a lot of other financial companies are starting to pour billions of dollars into environmentally friendly investments in clean technology. Felix, Procter & Gamble, um, REI, uh, Walmart, Whole Foods, they're starting to, to have a section of green products. Home Depot even offers a line of eco-option products, they call it. Um, Nike, Dole Foods, Coke, uh, um, you know, some of the power utilities are starting to uh, vow to become climate neutral companies. Now, that really is a good one. If I get a company that says I'm going to be climate neutral, which means we're we're not putting, um, uh, you know, we're we're investing enough of our energy in uh, in green technology and green power sources, so that we are putting a big carbon footprint out there. We want to we want to maybe think about. You know, do they have products that we would like to buy to support them? So, you know, these are all things that we can do together. Um, like even like Intel, for example, uh, uh, is is the largest uh, uh, company using renewable energy right now. Uh, they have plans to purchase 1.3 billion kilowatt hours in wind, solar, and other types of green power each year. Uh, that's enough to power 133,000 homes. So. Um, uh, and Dell has just pledged to be the greenest technology company on the planet. Well, Apple and the others are saying, I don't want to be left behind, so they're trying to step up to the plate to where Dell is doing. Let's pay attention to what companies are doing, what they're trying to do, and find ways of supporting it if we can. So if a laptop is put out by Dell or Fuji, and Dell is making a big contribution and Fuji isn't, and the computers are almost the same price. Let's face it, the prices are almost the same nowadays. The features are almost the same. I might be tempted to want to buy the Dell just because it's trying to be more green than Fuji.
Do you think do, in, in your forecasting, which of course is what your consulting firm does, do, do you think that that green movement investment in, is, is going to be a very big deal in the future? Yes, because the impact can be huge. You know, again, if companies, the more success stories, uh, I as an author and other people can tell in newspapers and radios and interviews about how a company uh, went green and actually was able to, to make money going green because people supported their movement, the more we'll do it. Success brings success. Failure brings failure. We don't want this to die. We want it to be successful. So uh, it, it means, you know, again, let's, as a family, let's become a green family. And as a company, let's become a green company. And since nobody has really got a good definition for it, you know what uh, that means is conversation. Why don't we start coming up with what is a green family? What is a green company? What is that definition? And uh, maybe write a blog about it. Uh, I mean, anybody can become a publisher today. Get, if you're passionate about it, hey, speak up. This is the time to get, get the, uh, the ground floor laid correctly. My final question is, is there, is there a green certification organization out there that, that will put a stamp of approval on a, on a marketing position a company may have about its green nature? Are there any standards out there with regards to As I marketing? said earlier, a great question. As I said earlier, the standards are just now starting to be put into place, not officially. Now, there are people that are putting their own green stamps on things and saying, here's how that's defined. Of course, you'll have to figure out how that's defined by looking at their website. Um, and some are doing a better job than others. Some, uh, But what will happen over the next couple of years is we will see standards. And those standards, uh, hopefully the bar is raised high on those standards. So we will see that coming out. But just like with Home Depot, uh, when they've got their... Um, uh, eco options products, uh, they've used certain standards to decide what goes in those areas. So Home Depot uh, has decided, all right, these are the things that we consider eco-friendly by eco-friendly manufacturers for per people that are concerned about that. Hopefully, that section of their business grows. Well, listen, Daniel. We've, with your with your uh, roles and goals in life, and and as the CEO of Burris Research. Um, a, one of the highest demand speakers in the country right now. We really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure, and I think we can all, in our own way, change the world. Let's do it. Well, Life Tips has a good mission to make the world a better place one tip at a time, so we appreciate you chiming in on the show once again. Until next week, everyone, hope your world is a little bit better, a little bit greener as a result of today's uh, conversation. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.